an Israeli-Palestinian update and the ongoing establishment of an end-time world government that is soon going to be ruled by the Antichrist. It's all in the news today. And I'm going to analyze these events from a prophetic perspective on today's edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me this afternoon on End of the Age. And I want to announce we had a great conference in Ann Arbor, Michigan this weekend. Had a ton of visitors. Michigan's opened up. You can go without a mask. And we had a great conference this weekend. And I want to invite you. We're going to be this coming up weekend. (laughs) We're going to do it again in... Bremen, Georgia. And so I'll be giving you the, uh, the, you know, the details of that just after the first break. But we're going to be in Georgia about, I don't know, 40, 50 miles from Atlanta this coming weekend. So I look forward to seeing many of you down there. Uh, it's going to be another great weekend. Looking forward to it. So let's get off into some prophecy today and see what's going on in the news. What do the prophecies of the Bible say are going to happen? Well, let me go down through here and then I'll throw some current events in with this. There's going to be a peace agreement. We talk about it all the time. Why do we talk about it all the time? I mean, I talk about it every week. And that's because when the peace agreement between the Israelis and the Palestinians is signed, that starts the final seven years to the second coming of Jesus Christ. A lot of people don't even talk about it. They think, well, you know, let's just face it. We believe in a post-tribulation rapture. That's, in in my opinion, if you believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, you think you're going to be gone before this peace agreement is signed. So that's why a lot of people aren't even talking about it. But... We believe that end time ministries will have a huge role in the end time and with Israel, especially those living out there in the West Bank. We're going to be warning them. You've got to leave. There's going to be a a great slaughter out here. You've got to go into Israel proper where you can be safe. We're going to try to save those individuals. And because we love the Jewish people and somebody's got to warn them. So the Bible prophesies a peace agreement between the Israelis and the Palestinians, and the prophecies are always going to come to pass. They always have, and they always will. We don't know exactly when the peace agreement is going to be signed, but we do know that it will be signed, and that's going to mark the beginning of that final seven-year period. Most prophecy teachers would refer to that as Daniel's 70 weeks. It's that final seven years prior to the battle of Armageddon and the physical return of Jesus to the earth. And 
you know, we, we, we considered the fact. We didn't know that if it would be Donald Trump that would be the broker of that deal. We thought he might. He had a big, a big peace deal on the table, right? Or if it would be somebody else, uh, perhaps Joe Biden, that would end up negotiating a peace agreement that the Antichrist would be involved in before it was over with getting that thing across the finish line. However, there are many characteristics. I mean, in order to rec- recognize the agreement when it happens, we have to answer many questions. What's the agreement going to look like? What will those characteristics be? Who's the agreement going to be signed between? Is it going to be between Russia and China? No. Is it going to be between um, India and Afghanistan? No, it's not. We know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that it's going to be between the Israelis and the Palestinians. And there is going to be a Palestinian state created. Currently, there's not a Palestinian state. There are people, there are Arabs that were in Palestine just prior to the establishment of Israel in 1948 by the United Nations. But they're not Palestinians. They never have, they have never been a a state or a country. But there is a, a, you know, there's the propaganda by the international community and by the Arab community that, hey, they're Palestinians. They, you know, this is their area and you're, the Israelis are illegally occupying that uh, that's a, that would be a discussion for another time. But Jesus prophesied in Matthew 24, 15 through 21, that the West Bank, Judea, would be under enemy control during the final seven years before Armageddon. And nearly the whole world says that the only plausible solution to the Palestinian problem is to create a Palestinian state in the West Bank. The Palestinians say that there will be no peace without a two-state solution. It's in the news every day, folks. Even former Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu endorsed the two-state solution back in his the famous um, Bar Ilan speech back in 2009. Jewish settlers, they're referred to as settlers because they moved out there in 1967 after the Six Days War. They, they have settlements, so they're called settlers. The Jewish settlers who live in the area that will become the new Palestinian state, they were going to be allowed to stay out there if they choose. It's already been proposed. Many of them have said that they're willing, if there was a two-state solution created, to live out there as a Jewish minority in that new Palestinian state. That's what's going to happen. So... What's going on current events? Well, the Times of Israel has said that while he was addressing the EU foreign ministers, that Yair Lapid actually backs a two-state solution. Now, Yair Lapid, so you have the new prime minister. The new government's just been elected and formed, or I should say formed, in Israel. They did not win the election by a majority, but they were after prime, former Prime Minister Netanyahu was given the mandate to form a government. He couldn't do it. So then it went to Yair Lapid and Naftali Bennett. They were able, through a coalition of eight parties, 
to gather together a and form a government. And that's what's running Israel as we speak. There's a coalition here of the two major parties. You have Naftali Bennett, who is the current prime minister for two years. Then foreign minister Yair Lapid will take over and he will be in office the remaining two years. And so I know we're coming up to a break. I don't want to kind of cut this in half here because I want to make sure you understand this. But Naftali Bennett, very he's off to the right. He's even to the right of Netanyahu. Yair Lapid, more liberal. And we're going to talk about it in much more detail when we get back. I'll show you what happened over the weekend. Does the book of Revelation frighten you? Do its symbols confuse you? For centuries, the book of Revelation has been misunderstood and misinterpreted. In Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ, volume one, Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. This 10-part definitive DVD series and 268-page comprehensive commentary book covers the first 12 chapters of the book of Revelation, featuring on-location photography, classic artwork, and symbolic illustrations. You'll walk away with complete understanding and peace about the events happening during the final years on Earth. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding as you dig into the original intent of the book, answering the mysterious prophecies and symbols of the book of Revelation. Don't miss this special offer. Call now, 1-800-END-TIME, or go to endtime.com to order. Call or go online now to get this comprehensive Bible study. We've seen Bible prophecy fulfilled like never before. From the halls of the United Nations to the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, End Time Ministries continues to reveal the Bible prophecy in the news headlines around the world every day. Whether it's through our broadcast or online at our Jerusalem Prophecy College, your gifts enable us to put vital materials in the hands of those who need it most. Because of you, we continue to replace fear with faith. In the hearts of Christians around the world, we will continue to see prophecy come to pass at an even swifter pace. We need your support. Your donation of any amount enables us to continue to broadcast and be a voice in the ever-growing censored media. To become a partner or give a one-time gift, visit endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME right now. That's 800-363-8463. Go online now. Visit endtime.com. So this coming weekend, it would be July 17th and the 18th. My wife and I will be in Bremen, Georgia. July 17th from 6 to 8 p.m. I'll be teaching the future according to Bible prophecy, the huge timeline we put together. We will be at the Sanctuary Pentecostals of West Georgia, 240 Tallapoosa Street East in Bremen, Georgia. July 18th would be Sunday evening this time from 415 to 615. Okay, normally it's a Sunday morning. This is going to be a Sunday afternoon. 4.15 to 6 p.m. or 6.15. I'll be doing Breaking Prophetic Fulfillments. It's always a wonderful time bringing you up to date on what's going on, where we're at on that timeline. It's really a two-part lesson. And again, that'll be at the Sanctuary Pentecostals of West Georgia, 240 Tallapoosa Street East, 
uh, Bremen, Georgia, 30110. All the information, phone numbers, maps is on our website at go to the website endtime.com under the events and then conferences section. Go there to check it out. Hope to see you all in Bremen, Georgia this weekend. Now, Foreign Minister Yair Lapid, he is much more liberal than Naftali Bennett. Will we get a peace agreement signed or something like that under Naftali Bennett? Not sure. I'm not even sure if it'd be Yair Lapid. Could be. But this morning, Yair Lapid, the current foreign minister who will take over as foreign minister in a couple years, the current foreign minister, Yair Lapid, he addressed 26 European foreign ministers in his speech to the European Foreign Affairs Council. Which, and he, it was the first time that an Israeli has done that since Zippy Livni did it back in 2008. So in his remarks, Lapid expressed support for a two-state solution between Israel and the Palestinians, but he said the conditions aren't currently ripe for a peace deal. Now, that could change tomorrow, you understand. If they start getting pressure from the international community, the United States, but he said it's no secret that I support a two-state solution. Very open about it. Naftali Bennett does not, the current prime minister. But he actually said, unfortunately, there's no current plan for this. However, there is one thing we all need to remember. If there is eventually a Palestinian state, which we know scripturally there's going to be, that it must be a a, a peace-loving democracy, we cannot be asked to take part in the building of another threat to our lives. But he said what we need to know, what we need to do now, is to make sure that no steps are taking taken that will prevent the possibility of a few, of peace in the future and we need to improve the lives of the Palestinians whatever is humanitarian I will be for it everything that builds the Palestinian economy I am for it now he's fixing to take over as the prime minister of Israel so he's the new foreign minister and he also said that he's seeking to open a new chapter in Israel the Israeli EU relations, emphasizing the liberal values shared by Israel and the European states. Now, what's so important about all this? Well, again, we know there's going to be a peace agreement in the future between the Israelis and the Palestinians, creating a two-state solution. And when it has all the characteristics, and I'll go through many of these today, that has the, the scriptural characteristics of the peace agreement, that will start the final seven years to the second coming of Jesus Christ, the Battle of Armageddon. Yair Lapid said that he is an advocate of, he believes, in a two-state solution. The two-state solution would be Palestinians having a state in the West Bank area with a capital in the West Bank area somewhere. They're wanting it in East Jerusalem. Whether that happens or not, I'm not sure. But somewhere in East Jerusalem, or in uh, the West Bank. And now, according to Scripture, the prophecies say that it will happen, but it's not supposed to happen. Israel's not supposed to sign any agreements with the heathen. This is an Old Testament prophecy. The Lord said, when you go in there, drive out the heathen, don't sign any agreements. 
covenants with them? Well, of course, Israel has done that. They've given up the promised land for peace. And it's never worked out. I mean, look at what's happening down in Gaza. Israel, uh, under um, Ariel Sharon, gave up Gaza thinking, hey, we'll have peace if we yield land for peace, trade land for peace. Well, they just got, look at the recent conflict between Gaza and Israel. They're not going to get land for peace. But somehow or another, they think it's going to happen again in the future. They're going to sign a peace agreement. But it's going to end up being horrible. <laughs> There's going to be a, 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 a tribulation and a, a mass slaughter. Another Jewish Holocaust is coming. And that's why we are going to, End Time Ministries is going to be intricately involved in warning those individuals. Many of you are going to go with us on a door knocking campaign to reach them. We're all, I've also been in contact with people that are going to help us reach them digitally. Because when we go to Israel, uh, pre-COVID, we went to Israel twice a year. Every person that I, I've seen, the ones running the Jesus boat, the ones in the West Bank, the, the people that we, we go all over, they all have a phone. Just, just like here in America, the guides, everybody has a phone. They're constantly looking at their phone and seeing what's going on. All of them. Well, if I can get a message to them digitally that say, hey, here's what's coming. Look at some of these things. Well, I, I'm, I'm in contact with some people that's going to help us do that as well. And then, of course, we're going to send a magazine to every home in Israel. We're going to try to make sure that we hit everybody and, and let them know what's going on. It's a New Testament prophecy. The Jews don't follow the New Testament. Somebody's got to warn them. We believe that we will be here during that time, so we're going to be involved. That's one of the reasons for the Jerusalem Prophecy College and everything that's going on. That we're going to be very intricately involved. God has allowed us to have favor with the Jewish agency, and we're great friends with them. When my father-in-law passed, they dedicated a room in the Jewish agency to Irvin Baxter because we were such great friends, and we were, such, we were so intricately involved in helping the Jews make Aliyah back to Israel. Well, guess what? We are going to continue that all the way to the second coming of Jesus Christ, trying to warn them. Now, you say, well, you guys are just involved in Israel, not around the world. No, we're involved with everybody. Well, I'm, I'm sharing the gospel of the kingdom of God with everybody on the planet that we can get our hands on because we know that we're in the end time. That's end times mission statement. But because of the prophecies of the Bible, I know specifically what's going to happen there in Israel. So we're going to be intricately involved with that. And when Yair Lapid starts coming out, he's going to be the prime minister here in just a uh, little over, be almost two years now, a little less than two years. He's saying, hey, I'm for a two-state solution. He talked about it in Europe today. Well, why is it so important that we talk about it in Europe? And he wants to shore up the EU ties because... The Antichrist, which the Bible says that the Antichrist will, con will confirm the covenant with many for a seven-year period, he's going to come from Europe. So Israel has to have at least somewhat of a relationship with European politicians. And so you can kind of see this thing being set up. It's kind of like a, um, the stage is being set for this prophecy to take place. Of course, we know that it's one of the next two prophecies to occur on God's prophetic timeline. So when I saw this today, I was like, whoa, 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 hold on. 
here we go. I mean, you know, uh, we thought it was President Trump, but we're in the era of this prophecy being fulfilled right now. Now, what else is going to happen? The Temple Mount's going to be shared as a result of this peace agreement. Revolution, Revelation 11, 1 and 2. It explicitly states that the Temple Mount will be under a sharing arrangement during that final seven-year period. This is one of the characteristics of that peace agreement. And this is going to place the Temple Mount under a Jewish control so that they can, or at least partial Jewish control, so that they can pray in on the area that they consider the holiest place on earth. Um, and, you know, remember back when President Bill Clinton, he actually proposed the sharing of the Temple Mount during the Camp David peace talks back in 2000. So it's, it's already been proposed. He said, hey, let's just share it. Well, that's exactly what Revelation 11, 1 through 2 says is going to happen. Then also the third temple is going to be built. The Bible's very clear on that. You, you realize the destruction of the second temple was in 70 A.D., John wrote the book of Revelation in what, 96, 97, 98 A.D.? So he wrote the book of Revelation after the destruction of the second temple. And he said, hey, John, measure the temple, but don't measure the outer court because it's going to be trodden down of the Gentiles for a three and a half year period. What temple was he talking about? Wasn't the second temple. It's going to be a rebuilt Jewish temple in the future. Remember, that was given in Revelation 11. The uh, prophetic portion of the book of Revelation starts in Revelation 4, verse 1. So it's future events. Now, when the peace agreement is reached, the Jews are going to be allowed to build their third temple on the Temple Mount without disturbing the Al-Aqsa Mosque or the Dome of the Rock. And the Jews are willing to do that. They don't want to do it. But to build their third, they call it a synagogue. They absolutely would do it. I asked Yehuda Glick that personally. And he said, yes, Dave, we would be willing to do that. He said, we believe that God would remove the Dome of the Rock and the Al-Aqsa Mosque. But in order for us, it, I, I said, well, if a peace agreement was signed for that would allow Israel, to, they said, hey, you can build your third temple. But you've got to leave the Dome of the Rock and the Al-Aqsa Mosque. What would you do? He said, in that case, we would be willing to build the temple on the, the courtyard north of the Dome of the Rock where the, where the Dome of the Spirits are. There's a giant, I don't know, probably 8 or 10, 12 acre lot up above, up north of the Dome of the Rock. He said we would be willing to do that. He's one of the leading advocates. He was just a, a member of the Knesset. It was great friends of ours. And so... There is going to be a temple built that will not mess with the Al-Aqsa Mosque or the Dome of the Rock. The temple is going to be completed during the first three and one half years of, of that final seven year. Uh, after the final seven year agreement, it's going to start the seven years. The temple is going to be built in the first three and a half years. You know that all of the furniture and the utensils are already prepared for the resumption of the temple worship, the sacrifices and everything. The architectural drawings are already done. All of the all Israel needs to launch the new temple really is for the um, the political situation to be signed, a peace agreement to be signed, and then of course they'll have to get a red heifer, which I've told you many times that I promise you they will come up with one somehow. Um, where there's a will, there's a way, right? Even if they have to spray paint a heifer, 
they're going to get they'll get one. And uh, they're having a hard time finding a, a one now. But I promise you, when they have a peace agreement that says, yes, you can build your third temple, they will find a red heifer at that point. So what's going to happen to Jerusalem in all of this? Well, since both the Israelis and Palestinians will refuse to surrender their claims to Jerusalem. The Palestinians right now say, hey, we've got to have a, um, our headquarters in East Jerusalem. Whether that's going to happen or not, it may be in Bethlehem on the other side of the, uh, the big security wall. I don't know. When you go from Jerusalem to Bethlehem right now, you've got to go through a huge checkpoint and through a big security wall. It could be on the other side of that. At this point, not sure where it's going to be. But it's going to, they're, they're, they both claim access and, and ownership of Jerusalem. And so the resolution to that, Jerus- the Jerusalem aspect of this, that's going to be put on hold probably for a seven-year period. It's going to be a, an interim agreement. I've read many articles, and there are a lot of people that have talked about, said, hey, let's don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Let's get all we can, an agreement signed on all that we can. Let's, live, let's leave the status of Jerusalem. Um, let's let that remain temporary for now. Let's, let that, let's put that off. Let's put, shelf that issue for a while. And this is the reason the Bible says the agreement is going to be a seven-year agreement, not a permanent the Bible doesn't say that it's going to be a permanent agreement, that they will just sign an agreement. It says it's, they're going to sign an agreement for a seven-year period. It's going to be an interim agreement because they're never going to agree on the status, a final status of Jerusalem. So how close are we to the agreement being signed? Well, it's one of the next two prophecies to occur on God's prophetic timeline. There's the Six Trumpet War. We talk about that because the first five trumpets have already occurred within just over the last 100 years. It's a 2,000-year-old prophecy, but the prophecies, the the, uh, first five have already occurred from 1914 until uh, the 1991 um, Iraq war with Saddam Hussein. The first five trumpets have already occurred. The sixth one and this peace agreement are the next two to be fulfilled on God's prophetic timeline. And with all of the prophecies converging right now, world government, world religion, precursors to the mark of the beast, everything that's going on, uh, setting the stage for a World War III. I had an article I was going to go through. I, th- I thought there's no way I'll ever get through this today. I don't want to cut it in half, but about um, China and Iran and many different things kind of lining up to with Russia, China, Iran, and some different nations, uh, North Korea, with their nuclear aspirations. They're really, really building up their nuclear arsenal, preparing for something. A lot of people think possibly World War III. We'll see what happens. We know it's coming, but we also know this peace agreement's coming very soon. We'll talk more about it when we get back. Major internet companies are silencing and censoring Christian voices online. These companies are trying to control what you see and hear. Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. That's why we launched End of the Age Plus, a platform where the truth won't be censored, a platform where we can preach the message of the gospel. When you subscribe to End of the Age Plus today for just $12.99 a month, you can watch all of our content in a secure, easy-to-view way from your favorite device. 
When you go to watch.endtime.com and subscribe, you'll get instant access to all of our teaching resources, including Revelation, the Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Understanding the End Time, End Time Magazine, and so much more. We will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct. Go to watch.endtime.com right now or search End of the Age Plus in the App Store or Google Play. Move Mountains with Irvin Baxter. This book by Irvin's grandson provides 30 days of devotion that will enhance your relationship with God and others. Authentic illustrations from early morning devotions at end time will help you find your purpose and eliminate fears. Commit to taking this 30-day journey and experience real life change. Get your book for only $14.99. Call 1-800-363-8463 or go to endtime.com slash move. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. So the question that needs to be asked now is how close are we to this Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement. Again, it's one of the next two prophecies on God's big timeline that he's given us from the Old Testament prophets, Daniel, Zechariah, Ezekiel, and many others, to Revelation 22. There's a huge timeline that's been clicking off for thousands of years now. Prophecies all along that timeline. The next two on that timeline is the... Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement and the Sixth Trumpet War, World War III. And there are, with prophecy, you have one-time events. This is happening, then this event happens, and then it's done. And then you have some that are ongoing. The establishment of a world religion, the establishment of a world government. Those things are happening right now. Those things that are supposed to be in power at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ, they're being established as we speak, everybody. So I'm not sitting here scratching my head going, you know, I wonder if I'm in the end time. I, I, I don't, there's no doubt in my mind. It's so easily proven with all of the prophecies that are supposed to be occurring just before or at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. They're happening as we speak. And so how close is this agreement? I can't set a date on that. I I wouldn't do that. But there are a lot of people that are saying we could be coming into a perfect storm here. Because you have the prime minister, former prime minister Netanyahu in Israel. He was very good at knowing when to pivot, knowing when to yield a little bit, but then knowing when to pull back the reins, knowing when to, I mean, he was a very good politician. So he was great to say, yes, I'm on board with this, but then nothing ever happened. So very, <coughs> very good politician in office for years. Well, now he's gone and you have, he's trying to tear down the government so that he can get back in power. But he's gone at this point. Now you have a new government of brand new individuals that have entered into politics. Naftali Bennett has not been in politics near as long as Prime Minister Netanyahu was. 
Yair Lapid come out of uh, the media and that kind of, of world. He's been in politics very short time. They are, they're not like Donald Trump who came in, not a politician, but just kind of took over. They're not like that. Naftali Bennett has already yielded ground, ground to the Ra'am, who the guy's name is Mansour Abbas, who is in alignment with, in, a, in some ways, with the Muslim Brotherhood. He was actually one of the parties of the eight parties that formed a coalition with, the, uh, with Naftali Bennett and Yair Lapid to get to form a government. So he holds a lot of power. Because they don't want him and his Ra'am party to back out of the government because there's a possibility of it folding. They don't want that. So they've already yielded to some of his demands down in the Negev desert. He wanted control over some of that. Naftali Bennett said, okay. And he has some ties with the Muslim Brotherhood. So people are looking at this and saying, well, hey, this might be a perfect setup here to get something done with the peace agreement because... Uh, he may, we may be able to pressure him, this young, upcoming politician, into doing some things that we never could have got Prime Minister Netanyahu to do. And, of course, I just read to you about Yair Lapid, who's going to be the Prime Minister in less than two years now, who will, who is pro-two-state solution, wanting to get something done. So there are a lot of people that are saying, hey, you know, this is like almost a perfect storm here because President Biden is pro two-state solution. He's pro-globalism, believes in a world government, totally on board with the international community. So he, they say, hey, we might be able to get something done with a, a, a President Joe Biden administration, because he's willing, he has the influence, the United States, to pressure Israel where nobody else on the planet does. We have leverage with Israel. I would never use leverage with Israel because the Bible says that God told Abraham, the, those that bless you, I'll bless them. Those that curse you, I'll curse them. So I'm not, I, I would never be for leveraging Israel to give up land for peace. Joe Biden is pro that. The two-state solution is them yielding up land for peace. And so and so is Yair Lapid, though, the foreign minister of Israel right now. He's pro yielding up land for peace, which is a horrible no-no scripturally. But the Bible says they're going to do it. It's not the will of God for them to do that. It's the will of God that prophecy is fulfilled. We know because God's already told us what's going to happen. But it's not God's will for them to give up land for peace. They were told not to do that in the Old Testament. But because God knows the end from the beginning, he saw what Israel's going to do in the future and he told Daniel to write it down. So it helps you to understand these things once you understand the dynamics of Scripture and what God's done what God knew, what God prophesied. He just, he's seen the future and he says, okay, prophets, I'm going to give you guys what's going to happen in the future. You write it down. Okay. So that's what's going on here. So people think there's a perfect storm. Hey, maybe we can pressure Israel into getting something done. 
and also the Joe Biden administration. Maybe we can, uh, because he's a globalist, and we can get him to pressure Israel to get something done with the Israelis and the Palestinians, because Joe Biden has already give, uh, released a lot of funds that President Trump has cut off. Joe Biden's already given a lot of that funding back to the Palestinians. So he has a little sway, pull with the Israelis and the Palestinians. And there's a possibility of Mahmoud Abbas. There are, there's a huge uprising against him right now. Possibly getting him out of office. Maybe getting somebody who would be more willing, maybe a younger guy in there who doesn't see the old... Palestinian Authority, the PLO, like these guys did, the younger generation doesn't feel like the older generation does, even in Israel. And so they're saying there are many factors here that they could, a lot of people see they could get something done. The Jerusalem Post, they just wrote an article that the title of the article was, hey, Biden may succeed in making an Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement. Do you all understand what's going on here? I get the question all the time. Hey, you guys teach prophecy. Prove we're in the end time. The Bible says just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ, there's going to be a peace agreement between the Israelis, Palestinians because of Matthew 24, 15 through 21. When you see the abomination of desolation occur, let them which be in Judea flee. If you understand the geopolitical situation in Israel... And the history and everything behind it, that area and the peace agreement is going to be between the Israelis and the Palestinians. The international community recognizes that. 2,000 years later, after the prophecy was given by Jesus Christ, the international community realizes to get something settled in that area, there's got to be an agreement between the Israelis and the Palestinians. Nobody else. It can't be with Saudi Arabia, with Iran. Uh, with Syria, Egypt, no. It's got to be between those two. So the Jerusalem Post writes this article. Hey, there is a great possibility that we could get something done between the Israelis and Palestinians with President Joseph Robinette Biden. The, um, so I'm, I'm quoting some excerpts from the article. The U.S. president could forge an Israeli-Palestinian peace by restating that that Two states remains the only viable option. Well, Yair Lapid, the foreign minister of Israel, he's all on board with that. And it goes on to say, and working to create the conditions on the ground to that end. The U.S. remains the indispensable power. Now, this is the Jerusalem Post writing this. The U.S. remains the indispensable power that can bring both Israel and the Palestinians to an enduring peace as no other power can exert the kind of influence on both sides that is needed to reach an agreement. Now, many people would look at that and go, well, hey, right there, the Antichrist is going to come from the United States. No, he's not. He's going to come from the European Union because we can prove that conclusively through the prophecies of the Bible. The Antichrist will be involved in confirming the covenant. But the covenant could be proposed by the United States, but confirmed the international community is going to be on board with this. There will be hundreds of politicians involved in getting that thing across the finish line. But the Jerusalem Post article goes on to say for the Biden administration 
to bring this about, it's got to play an active role in it by advancing its own ideas, using its vast resources and influence to, to persuade and or pressure both sides to make the necessary compromise to conclude a predetermined peace accord based on the two-state solution following a period of a few years for reconciliatory process. So, contrary to the view held by most Israelis, the United States' traditional unqualified support of Israel has caused significant damage, they say, to the prospect of an Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement because we are Israelis' allies. Militarily, we give them a lot of money for their military support. We help their country in many ways. We protected them against the United, the, uh, United Nations with our UN Security Council veto power. Well, the Palestinian people, they see that. And they say, well, they're for all for Israel. So some people say, well, that, that we've damaged the ability for Israel and the Palestinians for us to be a mediator and to help out the situation. But they also say that we're the only ones that have, that can pressure both sides, the Israelis and the Palestinians, to sign a deal. And so the United States' continued political and military economic backing have aided in this. Without insisting that Israel bring an end to the occupation, has enabled Israel to remain the status quo and create new political and physical conditions in the West Bank that have severely undermined the prospect of a two-state solution. Of course, former President Trump, he made matters, they say, worse by unilaterally advancing a peace plan that substantially favored Israel, and it did, and provided a provision that would have allowed Israel to annex an additional 30% of the West Bank, which they say happily did not come to pass. I think they ought to take control of all of it, but that's me looking at it from a biblical perspective. They're not going to do that, prophetically speaking. I don't support a two-state solution whatsoever. No. I think Israel ought to have the land that God promised Abraham from the river in Egypt all the way up to the river Euphrates. They... uh, I mean, uh, all the way up through Syria. I mean, Israel should have a lot of the promised land, and they'll get back. They'll get that back someday when the thousand-year millennial reign gets here. But the article goes on to say, although the Palestinians' authority believes, and justifiably so, that the United States has been biased all along in favor of Israel, because we have, it also understands that only the U.S. can ex can exact from the Israeli the kind of concessions necessary to make peace possible. They're going to try to pressure them. And we'll see it happen in the future. We'll have to see how it all plays out. But they're saying the United States is the only one that can pressure Israel. Maybe we will. I don't know. Most of us walk around day by day blind to the prophecies being fulfilled right before us. Every news report brings a new piece to the puzzle in the race towards the final seven years and the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, more than ever, it is important for God's people to understand the times in which we are living. On November the 12th, 2013, 
we opened our Jerusalem Prophecy College in downtown Jerusalem. These same courses are now available online for people who are unable to attend the classes in person. We welcome students to join us and discover the link between current events and the prophecies of the Bible. Take your place in the prophecy of Daniel 11.33. Enroll in the Jerusalem Prophecy College today. Go to JerusalemProphecyCollege.com. Man, I, I really wish I had two or three hours today, everybody, because I've got so many articles I want to go through. Go through some of the Israeli news sources, and there's a lot of people talking about a, a, a fresh face on the efforts towards an Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement. And there, the, the, the information's there. All you have to do is dig for it. Because there's a lot of people in Israel, prominent writers that are talking about this right now, that, hey, there might be something we can do with this perfect storm that's being created. The article goes on to say, however, as the Trump plan has now been done away with, pretty much, the, the President Joe Biden has taken over. The Palestinians have already indicated that they are willing to resume peace talks with U.S. mediation because they feel that, hey, you know, Joe Biden is a lot more favorable to us, at least than President Trump was. And they're, they're feeling com- more comfortable with him. He's starting to let the money flow a little bit and he's willing to make some compromises that President Trump was not. And so they're saying, hey, we might be able to get something done here with a President Biden. Maybe he'll look at the Palestinians in a more favorable light than President Trump did. Even though they offered him lots of financial um, be, uh, benefits to sign a deal and things like that and really help them come out of like their third world status being a, coming from a third world country up to modern day standards and a lot of other countries, they didn't buy it. So they say that there are new opportunities. That's the whole thing here. Is they're saying it's, this is a new time. We might be able to get something done. They say now that the Israeli, Israel has a new government led by nationalist Naftali Bennett, it provides the Biden administration with the opportunity to send a clear message to the Israelis that it is time to exhibit some moderation towards the Palestinians and a two-state solution. Yair Lapid just said this morning in the EU that he's totally on board with that. But they said that the the two-state solution remains the only option to which the U.S. is fully committed. Now, I'm saying the Biden administration. Most people do not agree with the two-state solution that I'm associated with because they believe in the Bible that Israel should not give up land for peace But the Bible says that's what's going to happen, and it's not going to be a good thing. So what the article says, while the Bennett government represents the entire Israeli political spectrum from left to right, because I told you about all the eight parties, including the Israelis and Arabs, the coalition's decision to put Israel and the Palestinians' conflict on the back burner due to a lack of consensus between its partners is short-sighted and extremely damaging. In fact... Only such a government that represents the entire Israeli political spectrum, they say, this comes from the Jerusalem Post, stands a real chance of reaching an agreement. You understand if it was all 
Israelis and they were all right-leaning, which was kind of how it was under the Likud of Netanyahu, then they had a hard time doing something. But now you've got this government with a, the Ra'am party with Mansour Abbas, who is leaning towards the Muslim Brotherhood mindset. Okay? So they say that, hey, now that we've got this government with this broad spectrum of parties in it, there might be a way to get something done because Mansour Abbas is going to argue pro-Palestinian in the Israeli Knesset. You understand what I'm saying here? It's a whole different paradigm and everybody, the international community, Israel, the Palestinians, the United States, everybody's watching this and saying, they're, they're, it's like uh, uh, a, um, somebody who hasn't eaten in a while looking at, at a steak and saying, we can fi- this is awesome. We can finally get something done here. That's the way they're looking at this Israeli-Palestinian new government uh, Israeli situation. On the Palestinian side, the Palestinian president, Mahmoud Abbas, has taken a hard position in connection with the settlements, the, the Jerusalem, the refugees, and it's going to be, they, the article says it's going to be nearly impossible for him to reverse course and to retain power. But there's a huge uprising in the news today against him. And there's a lot of people that would like to drive him out of power, get him out of office. He's only supposed to have been in office for four years and he's in like his 12th or 13th year. He's just stayed in office. They haven't had elections. There's a lot of people that would like to end that. And he also does not want to leave the political scene that he was accused of um, having sold out the Palestinian cause. A lot of people are against him. A lot of Palestinians are against Mahmoud Abbas. So they say that given his, you know, untenable position, it's time for the Palestinians to choose new leaders. And the PA has not held parliamentary elections for nearly 15 years. And the public is largely, they've lost confidence in that current government. Because we've given them millions over the years, you understand. And they still live in a third world country. Why? Uh, Mahmoud Abbas is a multi-multi-millionaire. Guess where a lot of that money's been going? (laughs) In his pocket. Because they don't, the government doesn't care about the people. I've been to Israel, I don't know how many times I've been to Israel. 12 or 15 times. And the Israelis and the Palestinians pretty much get along. And now there's conflict, I understand, but there's conflict between Americans too. But we're all Americans. They, it's the governments that keep things stirred up as a rule. Now, anybody can get into a conflict, whatever. I'm just saying... It's the governments that are at loggerheads and keeping things mixed up. A lot of the Palestinians are nice people. I've got great friends that are Palestinians in Bethlehem. Wonderful friends of ours. And we take our tours down to see them. Every time we go, they got a wonderful shop and they're awesome people. But they're Palestinians. You say, well, you guys are anti-Palestinians. Absolutely not. I'm just telling you what's going to happen at the prophecies of the Bible. But I'm not anti-Palestinian. I want to I want to win Palestinians to God and see them go to heaven just like I do Jews, just like I do every other race. 
And so, but in this scenario here, the, they, they say in this article, the Jerusalem Post, that the Biden should insist that the Palestinians schedule a definitive date for new elections and pledge to support any freely, fairly elected Palestinian leader, including those affiliated with Hamas. And there are Palestinian leaders waiting in the wing that would be willing to deal with Israel on a two-state solution. They would lean in that direction. Because I'm telling you, the younger crowd does not feel like the older crowd back in the day. They've got a, a different mindset. And they say that, uh, including those that are affiliated with Hamas, they provided that they recognize Israel's sovereignty and are committed to peace. They're saying, that it's like this, there's a lot of sides here that are new. And we can finally, with these new political figures, possibly get something done. We've got a new government here in the United States. Israel has a new government. The, they're trying to drive, there's many people that want to drive Mahmoud Abbas out of the Palestinians. And the, the, they're saying, hey, with this new setup that's coming here, we might be able to get an Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement signed. If they do get one signed, and it has the characteristics, the prophesied characteristics of the peace agreement, you understand we will have started the final seven years to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And the, the article goes on to say really quick to see if I can get through most of it. To demonstrate his support for the Palestinian cause, Joe Biden has widely reinstated financial support for the Palestinians. In, in, but in addition, he, they, the article says that he should establish a U.S. consulate in East Jerusalem serving the Palestinians. I don't agree with that at all. This is the article I'm going through. And to invite the Palestinians to reopen their mission in Washington. If he was to do that, He's going to say, you understand that uh, President Trump shut down their office in Washington, started cut off their money, did a lot of things, and they thought, nah, we're not even going to deal with you. But they see in President Biden somebody willing to compromise and work with them and and not not cut off funding for the, the pay for slay and things like that. So... They say under any circumstances, a few years of calm and cooperation between the two sides will go a long way towards building mutual trust and understanding with each other's concerns and gradually pave the way for a permanent solution. Bible says there's going to get one, but they're not going to they're not going to be able to finalize a solution on Jerusalem. That's why it's going to be an interim agreement. And. Since it's expected that Bennett, Naftali Bennett, the current prime minister, is soon going to visit the White House, Biden's going to have an opportunity to explain to the Israeli leader in unequivocal terms that the United States, under the Biden administration, is committed to a two-state solution, not only because in the eyes of the international community, it's morally correct, but because it is the only solution that will preserve the democratic nature of Israel as well as the Jewish national identity. Now, I don't agree with that. That's the Jerusalem Post and the international community uh, that's in their mindset. But they also say that the United States would oppose the annexation of the Palestinian territory, reject the eviction of the Palestinians, that they shouldn't do that, um, or that they should do that, 
from their homes in any part of the West Bank and East Jerusalem. They strongly support the the expansion of the security cooperation between the two sides. All the things that the Palestinian, the PA, the Palestinian Authority is asking for, that they should almost kind of yield to that. The whole thing built on compromise. I, I absolutely don't agree with any of it. But in the eyes of the international community, the individual writing the article is saying, hey, if the United States would just do this with the Palestinian Authority, there's a great possibility that President Biden could be very influential in getting the Israelis and the Palestinians to finally get a deal done where everybody else has failed. Now, why did I want to bring this to you today? Because the Bible says there's going to be a peace agreement signed between the Israelis and the Palestinians. If you understand the prophecies and everything involved there, it doesn't say the Israelis and the Palestinians in the Bible. But if you understand the areas that are involved, the Bible talks about it being just prior to the second coming, the areas that will be involved, the only people vying for that land today is the Israelis and the Palestinians. Not the Abraham Accords. That could lead to this agreement. But right now, the agreement between, let's say, the United Arab Emirates and Israel. It doesn't have any of the five characteristics. They're not even considering talking about the five characteristics of the final peace agreement. But the Palestinian and the Israelis will have all five of them, or it should, uh, to start the final seven years. The, the, the two-state solution is going to be created. The, Palestinian, the settlers will be allowed to live out there under a Palestinian authority as a Jewish minority. Israel's going to build her third temple. The Temple Mount's going to be placed under a sharing arrangement. And Israel will retain control of Jerusalem all the way to the end. In the future, when you see a peace agreement that has those five characteristics between the Israelis and the Palestinians, then you can know we've started the final seven years to the Battle of Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus Christ. There are many people right now that think there's a perfect storm coming that's being set up here between the United States, Israel with the new governments, the Palestinian Authority with Mahmoud Abbas possibly going out of power, that we might be able to get something done that's never been done before. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com.